Welcome to Subject Across. I'm Caroline Donato, and that's Pete Kratza. Uh, this episode is what? It, what did I say? Don't say the client's name, but oh, geez, showing not telling your defense. Yeah. yeah. Showing not telling your defense. Make sure that uh, that I didn't say the name. No, you didn't. I didn't mm-hmm. hit record yet. Uh, this is about a case. Do you case. record now? Yeah. Okay. We're recording. All right. This is about a case that I have now that is about to resolve. And I oh, do you didn't resolve it yet? I thought you resolved Monday it. Monday morning. By uh-huh. the time it... You don't want to jinx it. You sure you want to talk about it? You better yeah. knock on wood. Thanks for doing that. I'm, okay. I'm pretty sure we're going to be okay. All right. Uh, and by the time this is, you know published it'll be well well done okay but this case is well before i get into it my client gave me permission to talk about the case Uh, i will not say the client's name i will not talk about any confidential conversations or information or any privileged conversations could you get off your phone i'm listening to you so distracting oh sorry all right (laughs) okay I'm going to read... I thought you couldn't see me with this new setup. I can. Right. I can. You moved the mic out of the way. What if I wore that sport coat with these pants? Do you see that? The checkered sport coat? No, the one... That's a that's oh, a the shirt. purple sport coat. It's like coat. purple. That's, let's give the listeners that, some... What well, is that doing in here? I don't know. You, you would wear a brighter version of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd look like Grimace. <laughs> Pete is wearing burgundy pants today. It's a new thing for me. He's feeling very out of his comfort I zone. I am. Which I don't understand because Pete wears the most mm, colorful, fruitful greens and purples. <laughs> fruitful? You mean like fruity colored? Yeah, you got some... Yeah, lime like green, purple. periwinkle purple. I don't, well, yeah, I like purple. I don't think I have a lot of green. You have a lot of green, but it's always this bright. Yeah. Well, I just try to brighten the office. But yeah, the red pants. They're not red. They're burgundy. Burgundy pants are uh, They're definitely a stretch for me. He's feeling weird about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this case is. And that a, coat is purple. So I was saying purple. if I wore purple and red, that would be, that would be a Halloween outfit. That would be a Halloween outfit. Okay, go ahead. This case is an alleged terrorist threats and harassment case. It was described by the DA's office and also by local news as an almost school shooting of Westchester University, which is completely hyperbolic, completely exaggerated. The affidavit of probable cause, the criminal I'm just impressed by the use of the word hyperbolic. You're killing it today. Thanks. Well, I'm trying to speak normally, though. Yeah, well, I, I like hy- the use of the word hyperbolic. Okay, so the allegation is uh, last winter, there was a Westchester University student, we call her number one, uh, that came to the police department to re- report a threatening Snapchat. Number one said that earlier that day, she was made aware of a Snapchat story. She was made aware of it by number two. And uh, you said number two. <laughs> number one said that she did not personally see the Snapchat, but that number two told them that the Snapchat was a picture of something gun related, and the text on the Snapchat said, skip school bitches. So, really, what you have here is two girls living together. One girl sees a Snapchat of a picture of something gun related with the text over it, skip school bitches, and tells her roommate about it. Roommate never sees the picture. Roommate tells the police. That's okay. where we are. So the, the complainant never actually saw the alleged threatening Snapchat, right? 
kind of in the discovery. That's up for debate. It doesn't really matter. Was the first student alarmed by it? Yes. Okay. The one who actually saw it. Oh, no, no, no. The, the student who actually saw it was not alarmed by it. Okay. That would seem to be significant. It was significant. Context matters, correct? That was my theme of the case. Is that right? I yes. don't think I knew that. Yes, you did. I talked to you about uh, this so many times. Uh, <laughs> I thought I just got that on my own. No, that was literally Damn. my theme. It, I'm right. going to show you my opening statement. Look. Context matters. Yeah. Okay. We've talked about that. You sure I didn't give you that? You definitely didn't. All right. Got to, like, lock you in a room to get you to talk to me about my cases. So. Like this? <laughs> yeah. Actually, you wanted me to talk about this case, though. So anyway, um, the roommate goes to the police, and um, the police look at the Snapchat account host, which is my client, and um, the police arrest the client after seeing the Snapchat post because they went to the other roommate to look at it. So basically, that's what we have. We have a Snapchat post. It was an, the gun-related picture was an ammunition cart, an online checkout cart of ammunition with text over it said that said skip school bitches. And my client was arrested for terroristic threats, naming the two roommates as victim one and two and Westchester University as victim three. So if Marcy's law passes, would the entirety of the uh, Westchester University need to be apprised and able to attend? The uh, any court proceeding related to your client? Yes, and any okay. court proceeding related to my client could be paused so that anybody who was affected How about by alumni? it could be there. Could alumni? I mean, it's as broad as you make it. Yeah, all right. So anyway, uh, this case got to me by the Court of Common Pleas level. So there was another lawyer who handled the district court level. I didn't get it until the trial court level. And the issue that was originally litigated and disputed at the district court level at the preliminary hearing, which for a recap on prelims, go to episode five. Look at you, you even know the episode numbers? It's just being thorough. Damn, <laughs> rule numbers, episode numbers, hyperbolic. This is... got into you today. <laughs> you haven't seen me in a while. <laughs> so the the issue that was litigated at the preliminary hearing or challenged was the communication aspect that victim number one alleged victim number one never actually saw the snapchat therefore it wasn't communicated to her uh, the problem with that is in terroristic threats it can so i'll read terroristic threats it's basically Com it doing can be any communicated in a way where it even unintended people, if it's reasonable that they would see it. Well, no, it's right? more simple than that. Oh. That uh, the defendant did either directly or indirectly threaten to otherwise cause serious public inconvenience or cause terror or serious public inconvenience with reckless disregard of the risk of causing such terror or inconvenience. So basically, indirect or direct communication can satisfy terroristic threats. Well, but... I read that to mean if it's an indirect communication, it's still a communication directed to somebody like Caroline. Tell number two that uh, you know that I'm going to shoot number two. That's indirect communication. I think that the case law states that if you post or if you say something in a manner where it is foreseeable that it could get to other parties, they don't have to show that you intended it to get to the other party. Right, and this was a Snapchat put right. out. To, it was a Snapchat story. No offense story. to your client, but it wasn't very bright. Okay. All right. Well, we'll get to that. All right. Okay. Because he is a bright kid. All right. 
So I, I, I don't know. I didn't think communication was the point to harp on with this case. I didn't say he wasn't bright. I said it wasn't very bright to yeah. post that on Instagram, Snapchat, whatever it is. Well, we'll get There's to There's a that. life's lesson there, right? We'll get to that. All right. All right. Mm -hmm. But my point in, in getting this case was I, despite the case law and that split hairs analysis between who it was intended for, who it wasn't, how many people saw it, whatever. I didn't think communication was, was the issue. Was the what issue. was the issue, Caroline? His mens rea. There you go with <laughs> the big words again. Explain what mens rea means. So in any criminal case, it's broken up into a mens rea and actus reus. Mens rea is the mind, what, what the alleged criminal had in their mind, and actus reus is the act. So here we had the act. Post you have to act with criminal intent, whether that be intentionally, knowingly, recklessly, negligently, although under criminal negligence, not civil negligence. There has to be some level of intent to commit a crime. Right, and in this case, and that's the mens rea, the thought. The act was there, the Snapchat was posted, but why, right? And that was where this case uh, hinged. So when I first met with the client, and I have permission to talk about this, our defense was that he wasn't trying to scare anybody. The defense was, and his position was, I thought it was a joke. I was kidding. And this has been shared with the prosecutor, yes, correct? Yes, this right. was shared so with the prosecutor. This is not privileged. Right. This is not confidential. This is the defense. And this is what happened. Um, you know, he, and, and when I first learned of this, which was ultimately shared, everything was ultimately shared. So none of this is confidential or privileged. When I first learned of this, and he said, I thought it was funny. And I said, in what world? In what world is that funny? Well, in my world. And I didn't really understand it, but in meeting with him and talking to him so many times, he was really likable. He was bright. Maybe the post wasn't bright, but he was really bright, and he was credible. He was believable. I believed him. Um, and part of the discovery in this case was his phone dump. So when he was arrested, he had to turn over his phone, and the Commonwealth seized all of the contents from his phone, texts, calls, voicemails, all the social media stuff for 13 months. And, you know, part of that discovery process was me getting that information. And we talked about that in the last episode, you know, what you can get in discovery, but this discovery was his phone. So it wasn't anything any alleged victim had control over, right, Pete? Mm -hmm. So I get, so that I'm, I'm preparing the, the case for trial because the Commonwealth's position was he can plead guilty to terroristic threats and to harassment and the Commonwealth was going to ask for the aggravated range, which is the highest range you could get for in sentencing. That was my offer. So it was a bench trial. Uh, it was a bench trial because I thought we had a very thoughtful judge. And I didn't think a jury would be able to handle a case like this. And part of the reason why is my client really liked guns. It was his hobby. Uh, he he had a lot of pictures of guns. He lawfully owned all of his guns. He lawfully carried all of his guns. There was no gun charge here. But the fact that he had all of that on his phone, coupled with the Snapchat story with an online check checkout card of ammunition and skip school bitches, it doesn't look good, especially in the age we're in. Mm -hmm. 
And, um, but before I had his phone dump, I'm preparing his case for trial because the Commonwealth gave us no choice. They, the first offer wasn't something that led me to believe I was dealing with anybody who wanted to hear a defense. So we're preparing the case, and while preparing it, I get the phone dump. I get 13 months of a college kid's phone. That must have been fun. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm 31 now. I read it when I was 30 because I just turned 31, and I felt really old, really old, because all of the sudden, the whole concept of, well, I thought this was funny. It was being sent to my friends who know me. They would think, I think it's funny. Some of them would think it's funny. That all of the sudden, when I saw his phone, made sense. That's why it was context matters. All of the sudden, this whole different world that I thought I knew, because I don't think I'm that old as an elder millennial, but I guess I am, just opened up. And it was like, oh, oh, kids your age. I just hit the microphone. I'm sorry. That's okay. Kids your age, you talk a different way. And you like. Kids your age. <laughs> well, I know it's ridiculous for me to say, but it's true. There is a disconnect. Generation Z. Is that what they are? They're Generation Z. Which Generation Z? What are the ages? I think it's cut off. It's 23 now and below. Oh, wow. And your generation no. Y? Millennial. Is that a Y? I, I guess so. Oh. I've never called myself a Y. All right. But the one above me is X, so I guess yeah. millennials are Y. Okay. Um, but it was Generation Z talks just a different way, and they communicate different ways, and they have this different dark sense of humor which is accepted. And one of the analogies I gave him, and um, I gave you know, the Commonwealth, was as a millennial, I remember growing up and, and on the playground saying, you can't say certain words because they're mean or they're offensive. Like, you can't call someone gay. That's rude. You can't say the R word. You know, that's rude. You can't, I don't want to say it on air because that's how I was raised. <laughs> Keep going, but I'm trying to figure out what the R word is. I'll whip is. it to you. Oh, Mentally oh. ill. All right, all right, all right. Okay, all right, but right. you can't say that. But this, basically, Generation Z saw what we did as millennials saying, well, this is politically correct, and this is politically correct, and you can't say this, and you can't say that, but you can say it this way. And they're like, okay, millennials, well, that didn't work because everything still sucks. So we're saying whatever we want, however we want. Mm. It's like anarchists almost, oh. but in an accepted way amongst mm -hmm. their peers. It's fascinating. Well, I don't know that you want to generalize the entirety of Generation Z. At least this group of Generation Z. It's like the Z's. Billie Eilish age. The what? Right. The Billie Eilish age. Who's Billie Eilish? Google her. She's an artist. Great oh. music. But anyway, it's a it's a large portion of them. Okay. Um, so anyway, I get the phone dump and I'm like, wow, okay. So here's how I need to explain this to the court. And oh, there's a few undisputed facts in this case. And the court is not a Generation Z person, I would imagine. No, mm. no, no. But he has children mm. um, and boys. So I was hoping that would be helpful. And he is appreciative and thoughtful about the law. And I really had a legal argument here. And the legal argument was my client was not reckless because having reckless disregard of the risk of causing terror requires him to consciously disregard a substantial and unjustifiable risk of causing terror. Okay. So I'll say it again. Recklessness requires consciously disregarding a substantial and unjustifiable risk 
of causing terror. He was not conscious when he made that post initially that there was a risk he could cause terror to anybody because he posted to his private group of Snapchat friends. When who know him? Who know him? And the how roommate, many people are on the private Snapchat thing? I don't know. I think it was like ninety. Okay. I don't remember. Um, but they were. All, it, it wasn't a public account. Mm-hmm. And um, the roommate who told her roommate about the Snapchat, she was. What are you doing? <laughs> the way I have my microphone <laughs> set up, it just occurred to me because I turned. I'm like looking. Just don't look at me. <laughs> oh, all right, fine. I'm gonna go this way. Okay. Um, she she was his ex-girlfriend, and she knew his humor, too. She just mentioned it to her roommate, and that was the person who went to the police. So the first one was an ex-girlfriend. She got the joke, but she related it to the second one who didn't. Yeah, and she didn't okay. think it was funny, so she told well, That's a very effective argument that you're making, though, that, you know, the, the 90 people that know him well, you know, um, didn't take it that way. Right. And that he didn't foresee that one of those 90 would share it with somebody else. Right, and that she would take it that way. I don't way. know if I agree with you well, I'm that not it's done, not reckless. But, but I'm not done. All right. it, there's more. Okay. So the ex-girlfriend who received the Snapchat sent him a message about it, you know, giving him notice that I don't know if that's as funny as you think it is. And as soon as he got that message, he took it down. That's good. That is the point. And renunciation those, yet? Did you ever think of a renunciation defense? What do you mean? Renunciation. Well, as soon as he realized that there was anything wrong, he renunciated. He well, took it away. Well, that was the defense. Oh, all right. So he, he posted I don't see it written on there when I said context matters. Is renunciation there too? I don't say renunciation. I say he made a say, joke to a private group of friends. He learned it I'm pretty it sure I came up with this entire defense and you're not crediting it with me, crediting me with it, but go ahead. And he immediately took it down. So those were the three undisputed facts. And that is what negated conscious disregarding of a substantial and unjustifiable risk. As soon as he was conscious of a risk. How long was it up before he took it down? Like an hour. Most of his friends didn't even see it. But this kid's life was turned upside down. Um, And so in preparing for this trial, I really wanted to bring the the judge because the judge was going it was going to be a bench trial as I said so that means the judge is acting as the law finder the judge and the fact finder the jury and I wanted to create the world that my client was in for the judge so that the judge understood the actual context because when you just explain it when you just tell it it doesn't necessarily resonate with most people I did a mock jury at work and I had a variety of individuals and lawyers in there. And some of them got it and some of them didn't. So it really helped me step back and create a demonstrative. A demonstrative in a trial or in any legal proceeding are pictures or PowerPoint or 3D timelines. And I'm in a master's program right now at Temple where they've been reinforcing to us that you have to show and not just tell. And that I wanted to show the judge this world. So my opening, and I brought the PowerPoint to, to describe. You know our listeners can't see it. They that, can't right? see it, but I can describe oh, it. All right. My opening was all about context matters. And I wanted to show the connection between Generation Z, generally, what they grew up with, what they grew up seeing, the desensitization to school shootings and terrible things, 
and the evolution of the social media world. And that's really just to explain their sense of humor. So it's, I thought this was funny, that's why I posted it to my private group of friends. In what world do you think that's funny? That's my initial reaction as a 30-year-old at the time. You're well, 31 now. I'm 31 now. Well, in this world. And I wanted to create that world oh, for the that's judge. Cool. So the first slide, let me just bring it up here. Can you see? Mm-hmm. So I, on my first slide, Ooh. right, just, just hear me out. On my first slide, the first thing that pops up, and this is in the opening statement, so this is the first thing the court would have heard, had I been given the chance. And <laughs> it's, a really, it's a really good thing I worked out this case because it was a great result for the client, but I was ready to try this case too. As soon as I could see the context, it was like, okay, let's do this. So the first slide has, quote, I should kill everybody at my school, unquote. That's the first quote that pops up. Second quote that pops up. If anybody's going to take that bitch down, it's going to be me, unquote. So right now you're seeing two violent quotes. It's like, okay, where's she going with this? Third quote. What is it you intend to shoot? A person, unquote. Fourth quote. Quote, I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and I wouldn't lose voters, unquote. You might see where I'm going now. Maybe not you, Pete. And then the next slide has the same quote, the first quote, I should kill everybody at school. And then next to it pops up a picture of who it came from. Dave Chappelle oh. from his comedy show. Context. Uh -huh. Second quote, if anybody's going to take that bitch down, it's going to be me. And I have a picture popping up of who says that? Stewie <laughs> from Family Guy. Context. Third quote, what is it you intend to shoot? A person. South Park, context. All of a sudden, these aren't so scary because of the context. Fourth quote, I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and I wouldn't lose voters. 45, Donald Trump. That one might be a little scary. Hmm. But the whole point in the first two slides was context matters and showing the court, not just telling the court that context matters. So the second slide, is when I explain the three points of the case, the client or the defendant, and I would have said his name in court to say who he is and personify him, is he made a joke, that's number one, he learned of the risk, that's number two, and number three, he took it down. Three undisputed points as to why he's innocent. And then the next slide I have is the, the it, it, it's an, illustration of basically Generation Ugh. C. And it's did you make that up? No, I didn't no. make that up. That's from Google. Oh. What don't you like about this? It's disturbing. What's disturbing about it? Tell, well, tell the listeners what you're looking at. It's like some punk kid with his uh, hat turned on backwards. It says, digital natives born after 1995 demand 24-hour access with the Wi-Fi signal, tend to travel more, express themselves with their own style, born to swipe Video messaging and texting. Is greater than texting. Masters of video messages are greater than texting. Right. And masters of social media. So that's what I'm talking about. Did you see that, like, this generation can grow, like, a horn on their spine from being, like, look hunched over a phone all the time? That makes me really sad. I do know that there's texting neck from my generation. Yeah. That's what we used to talk about all the time with the lines on your neck from looking down. Yeah. But then I never always understood that because people who read 
read books. It doesn't have to be a phone. If you're reading a book, I guess you get that. I've neck. never heard of texting neck. I mean, I might be giving it the wrong name. Yeah. But after I talked about the three points, he learned of a joke. I'm sorry, he made a joke to his friends. He learned of the risk and he took it down. I say, I would have said candidly to the court that when I first got this case and I learned that it was a joke, I didn't understand in what world. Uh, and in what world is that funny? And then I received the contents of his phone. And in what world is, is this funny? in his world with kids and, his age. And this was said in his world. It was said in a 90-person in uh, setting. Right. And then I explained the client. Because if he said it in a movie theater or something like that, that no, wouldn't be his No, that's different. World. That, that is be, recklessness. Yeah, right. So I say he's 22 years old. He's part of a generation of people joined af uh, born after 1995 to 2012. And they grew up always knowing and having technology and always knowing and having social media. Understanding Gen Z is to understand what happened here. Uh, and I explained, Gen Z never lived in a time where they can remember when there were landlines or car phones or when AOL was attached oh, to a stop. landline. Stop, you're making me like feel old. Stop, no no more slides. No, you gotta tell you about mm. it. And I have memes up here saying, uh, one of them is a video cassette where they, people don't know what this is. What is this? Another one is uh, young kids trying to use a rotary phone. They don't know how to do it. Do you even know what kind of a video cassette that is to the right? Isn't that just a video cassette? It's a VHS cassette. Video home system? Like a... Is that yeah. what VHS means? There was VHS and there was beta. I never heard of beta. Yeah, exactly. But the, the point is, in using these demonstratives on a PowerPoint and explaining while showing Generation Z, I wanted to bring the court into their world. And explain that this is the only world that they've ever known. And I have a slide of Facebook and all social media, Tumblr, Twitter, uh, Pinterest, Flickr, uh, what else is there, Foursquare, I don't even know what that is, LinkedIn, YouTube's a big one. This is their only world, and this is the world today. And to understand this case and what really happened here requires understanding how this generation operates and communicates, and that's online. And that's through Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, Reddit. Then I needed to explain the other side of the coin. And I have a picture of a two-sided, of both sides of a quarter. Showing, not just telling. Although to the listeners, I'm telling you what I'm showing. And I have a slide. This one was going to be risky, but I wanted to try it. And on this slide are a series of dates. April 20th, 1999. September 1, 2001, oh, excuse me, April 20th, 1999 was the Columbine High School shooting, 13 killed. And then I list September 11th, 2001, that's the 9-11 attacks. Then I list uh, Virginia Tech shooting, and these are all through dates. And by the time I go through all of these dates of pretty much the biggest shootings or mass murders, there's one, two, three, I don't know, 16, 17. And I point to that. And also a map of 2019 where there's just more shootings than you can even describe in an opening statement without getting objected to. And the whole point is that this, you know, showing you these dates and these shootings is all this generation knows as since they've been alive. This is Gen Z. This is what they grew up in. They don't know anything else. This is their social norm. Um, and that's just part of it. It doesn't include climate change issues, political turmoil, financial crises, social justice issues, suicide issues. These are the big issues that this generation has grown up with. 
And that's why tragedy, the way they make sense of it, is through humor. Or they desensitize, right? Right. They're desensitized, but they also make sense of it through humor. Mm -hmm. And that is where, where their world of... What's that slide? It looks like a, like the thing you take in Disney World. That's just two bridges coming together. So that's my <laughs> next slide. It's like, like a monorail or something like that. It's, it's two bridges coming together, bridging together as one. And that's what I think Generation Z, how they communicate, at least my client's world, was this world of social media colliding with everything they've grown up with and that desensitization. And that's the world I wanted to bring to the court and explain that online humor takes many forms. So I was going to play this clip, definitely elicited an objection. Stanley! Stanley, oh my God, baby! Oh, you're okay. This is South Park. Uh, hey, Mom. It's all right, Stanley. We're going to go home and talk about this with your dad, and we will get through this as a family. Come on, get in the car. Dude, what's that Stan's mom's ass? Stanley, well, do you want to tell your father about what happened at school today? They're eating dinner. Um, oh, oh I flunked my math quiz. No, the other thing! What other thing? What happened at school today? Oh, the school shooting? Yes, the school shooting! Oh, uh, yeah, some kid shot up the school. Who shot up the school? Was it you? No. Did you get shot? No. Oh. Well, what's this about failing a math quiz? Are you serious? Did you not hear what your child said? Kids died at his school! Sorry, Sharon, I... Why are you all acting like this is normal? What is wrong with you people? And that was the clip. Because it's normal. For them. So, bridging those two concepts together, Generation Z and their technology world. It makes me want to watch South Park again. Well, it's a good show. But it I really... Like Cartman. Cartman's the really heavy one, right? Right. Yeah. Well, I think. I don't know. I never really watched South you Park. You watch South Park? I was a Park? family guy. Did you know that my mom, when she would babysit our kids, would let them watch South Park? Like, when they were young. Explains a lot. Well, that explains Brian. Yeah, right. <laughs> So then the whole point was then to explain the world of memes and dank memes because my client's phone was full of memes and dank memes and that's just really different types of uh, pictures with text over it to explain irony or humor What's or something. What's a dank meme? The danker the meme, the edgier. Oh. And that is something that is... I gotta look up... Whoops, that's empty. I gotta look up the word dank. So I have a bunch of memes in here, and then I have some dank memes. Um, one is a picture of somebody taking apart a rifle, and the caption over it is, 11-year-old me taking a pen apart in class. They find this stuff funny, or ironic, or interesting. And the funnier, or the more ironic, or the edgier, or the more interesting, the danker. I actually texted my brother when I got my client's phone, and I said, do you know what a dank meme is? He thought that was hysterical. That you were asking? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dank, we used it in the context of something entirely different in my generation. Disagreeably damp, musty, and typically cold. Right. So I explained that the morning the Snapchat was posted, it was just like any other. My client was on his phone. He was on his social media. He posts a homemade meme of an online receipt of ammunition on his Snapchat story with text over it that says, skip school, bitch. 
Uh, and this post goes only to his friends who know him and his taste and his hobbies and his humor. He thinks it's funny and he thinks his friends will too. So I, by the point I get to that, or th by the time I get to that, I'm hoping that I created that world for the judge where it's a world that would accept that as funny. Oh, that makes sense. That's credible. So when my client testifies and his friends testify, he'd believe it. And I go on to explain how his ex-girlfriend sees the Snapchat response to him basically saying, you know, what's this about? Are you okay? And him saying, oh, if you think this is concerning, then it might not be funny to other people, so I'll take it down. And that's what's undisputed. He posted a joke to his private group of friends. We know it was a joke because of the world he lives in, which I just showed the court, or would have showed the court. He was put on notice that it could cause concern by his ex-girlfriend messaging him, and so he immediately deletes it. And So what happened? Well... Oh, in the case? Yeah. Oh. Well, um, ultimately, after getting his phone dump, I was um, able to have some more conversation with the prosecutor closer to trial because I was getting an attachment date. Um, I was ready to try the case. I was excited to try the case. I don't know if there was an air about that. That was pretty apparent. Um, but the prosecutor reopened the doors for talking about resolving the case. And throughout two weeks of conversation and talking about the evidence and talking about the undisputed facts. She did not know about this demonstrative. I didn't want to tell her until closer. Um, you know, we were able to work it out to something that my client was very happy with that I think was proportionate to the case. He can have the terroristic threats expunged, the harassment expunged, and hopefully get back to his life. Was it a summary? Yep. Oh, but a summary right. disorderly. Oh. Mm -hmm. And we already told listeners what a summary is that's like a ticket yeah right good job thank you all right so any anything else on that pete no all right until next time <laughs>